And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. You are the power, and you do not need anybody's permission. He's the only guy that ever crawled out of a grave where people didn't go, oh, ah! Don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Three, two, one. It is a great joy to welcome to our show Stephen Nowak. He is a quantum healer. He is a multiple near-death experience survivor and spiritual counselor. You'll learn more about him by going to his website at trinityquantumhealth.com. Stephen, welcome to our show. How's it going? I'm happy to be here. Thank you. I found your near-death experience very fascinating. It was very, uh, quite unique. Can you please tell us about what happened to you and uh, what makes your near-death experience kind of stand out? Sure. Um, Well, at four years old, I was basically completely run over by a car, dragged uh, another 20 feet because the woman was drinking, didn't realize she hit a child. So. As I'm leaving, uh, going down the driveway, it's like a blur. But then the next thing I remember after the blur and going down the driveway is seeing myself and my eyes roll in the back of my head, and then everything fade to black. And when it opened again, I my head was down and I was leaning what I thought was on a person, but turns out it wasn't a person. So I'm leaning to my side. My head is down and someone's sort of holding me. And as I open my eyes, you know, and my head is down once again, I notice hair that's almost touching the ground. And it's like silvery, white, almost luminescent. Like it it had its own dimension Mm -hmm. of colors in a way. Uh, They're like the color was alive. So I also noticed the bottom of what I think at the time to be a bathrobe. (laughs) So I'm like, who is this? And I turned to my right to see who it was. And it wasn't a person. It was a hooded figure that was only made of light. They had no face, uh, only light where their face should be inside the hood there. And I asked them what had happened. They said my name. They told me I was in an accident, um, that everything was going to be fine. So next thing I know is I'm sort of closer to this being's face and I'm, I'm leaning in and leaning in and I'm being pulled. And I can, when I think about it, I can still feel the pull. So I'm being pulled into this place where I could only guess by our description would be heaven, but there were, there were beautiful nature scene. I mean, flowers and, and colors that we've never seen. The colors were alive. They were, elderly there there were kids and and they they were laughing and playing and the laughter seemed to have its own life and and it was incredible and it was beautiful same thing with the colors they seemed to be breathing and i instantly was hit with the notion as i felt this laughter that pain couldn't exist there uh hate suffering and all these things wasn't that they weren't there was that they couldn't exist there um and i wanted to go and, you know, I expressed that as best I could. And they said, it's not your time. 
we have something else to show you. And the next thing I know, I'm in a kind of like a scene where I guess I'm inside creation is a way to put it. But I could see what looked like a blueprint behind everything. If anybody, any of your listeners or you ever saw a blueprint with a mm-hmm. building drawn on it, it was like that. It was like I was seeing everything, but behind it, there was this grid. And they explained to me this this grid is a quantum field, and you use your energy to build your material reality from this. You send out a signal, comes back to you, matter comes into being. Um, but we build the world through our heart, and that's our container. So they talked about the quantum field a little bit, um, the trinity. I was shown the Trinity to be a little bit more than. Um, Talking about like it's Catholicism. As it you could to say Catholicism. Catholicism, but you could also say Trinity is just three, right? It's a Trinity. Mm-hmm. To me, it became a circuit. Um, it became a circuit of energy that you could connect to. So one, two, three, and you're now surrounded by a field. So. They also showed me the Trinity circuit, and that's something I use uh, with my clients. Uh, we can connect time, space, and matter. Okay, time being when we are, space being where we are, and matter being what we are. But we have to ask for it. Um, we have to connect to this to the circuit, if you will. And you could say yes, it translates into somewhat of Catholicism. But it doesn't for me because I was never okay. religious. Um, but it, it's a trinity. It's like a triangle. And I don't want to be all Illuminati, but it's a uh, it's almost like a vehicle. So they also showed me the divine blueprint, which. Wait, before the divine blueprint, I want to ask you things about the trinity. These three components sure. that you're describing as the trinity, are these things a constant in all uh, living beings and all forms of creation? Do all forms of creation and all things that are coming to the physical manifestation have these three elements? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, it's uh, it's just connecting three points of matter, uh, three points of energy, actually, to create a, a circuit. And that's what we're looking to do. We're looking to connect a life force circuit within ourselves because we become disconnected from the world. You know, they siphon it off, uh, things like that. Okay. As far as the blueprint goes, I mean, you're just, you were just describing that. Is that uh, we come from a place of perfectionist or actually like a place where it's absolutely perfect and you come here and it's totally different. I'm just curious, elaborate a little bit more about that. Yeah, I can get deep into that. I, um, so during my NDE, um, I was shown a, a blueprint of ourselves that is held in the field. And I, they told me this is, you were made the, in the image of God. And that image of God doesn't rust. It doesn't rust away like a 55 Chevy in the field. It's there. But you need to use your free will to identify with it. Now, we've created so many false identities to have this experience that are, they're not false in the way that they were purposeful, but they're false that they're not our true origin or they're not love. Okay. So we spend our energy to have interactions. We create these identities and truly, we are love at the core. So that was the premise of it, to claim this as your identity and integrate with it. And then that's where our healing is, is integrating 
with our identity being love and knowing that we are. The frequencies, the things that are not begin to leave our system when we do this. Um, I was also shown a console, if you will, and there were beings, uh, light beings. There were light beings standing to my right, and I remember being seated kind of like to their left, and there was a console, and we were standing there doing programming of parameters before we entered into this quantum experience, if you will. You know, and I quickly understand that it was the energy in this bio suit more than anything else playing this character. Um, so, yeah, the quantum field, um, it's almost like a building block that we need to uh, have here in order for matter to exist. You know, we send out the signal and, and it grants us what we wish in a way. You know, okay. you send out anger and, and hate and you're probably going to attract more of that. Well, I have a couple of questions about that. If you sure. are in this reality or in this dimension where it's laughter, it's beautiful, it's peaceful, and then you come up with this blueprint, okay, well, this is what we're going to do for a simulation, and this is where we're going to go, then I just don't understand the necessity for the pain, for the suffering, for all these other negative experiences that are associated with physical reality. Why does that have to be constant? And then I also think about it too. Well, if you know, of all if all things are, are quote unquote within the mind of source within one one part of the being, and then you look and say, well, okay, well, I guess when you're dead, when you're in the non-physical, everything is peaceful and beautiful. But in the physical, things are, are pretty tumultuous and could be pretty crazy. But yet, those elements of those negativity or those elements of evilness are part of that, that one being. So, does that imply? Or would you think that could allude to the fact that maybe this divine being or this divine reality that we consider uh, to be God is in fact flawed? Otherwise, then why would these things be able to be manifested? Uh, why would these things be able to be examined or come to a reality for parts of the source's mind or the particles within the source, the imaginations within the source? Why would they have to experience that if source were not capable of having those experiences or having those feelings itself? I wouldn't say it's flawed. I say you have okay. free will. And I would say we needed positive and negative uh, anchors to hold our matter in place. Otherwise, we'd float away into a million pieces like the guy, the kid on Willy Wonka. Uh, you need positive and negative. And contrast can be a learning tool. But it, once we let it get out of control, we're creators. We are creators in our bodies. And we lose the fact uh, you know, that we're this powerful. To me, after the, the NDE and, and understanding, you know, religion was, okay, you know, didn't have the answer and everything was one. I instantly knew that and it all came from one source. That God is a powerhouse of electricity, if you will, to create what you want and you have the choice. Now, I don't, I don't think God revels in pain, but I believe there's a more observer perspective that we're not seeing where it's a growth factor and it's a change causer and tragedy reignites people's hearts and things like that you know i don't know Me, I, is there how do you so, i don't understand that thing i mean i'm sorry i bet i, I want to bring up like say for example yeah. you're an animal and you're born on a farm to be slaughtered 
and mm-hmm. you are of uh, this beautiful energy and frequency. I just understand why something like that would have to happen. Why would it need to occur? Why would there need to be a, a reason f- to, for there to be any kind of evolution if you have these particle components? They're all, let's say, points of attraction of source. They're all one, mm-hmm. and source is at the highest point of, of evolution. So why would there need to be this necessity for pain if all things are already source and source is already at the highest peak level of evolution? You got to reframe that question. Okay. Why would there be a need for pain right. as far as animals yes. coming here right. to get slaughtered? Right. So, say for example, um, you're saying, okay, that the pain reignites the heart. My understanding. So yeah. people they they come into here and they see they they come to a place say of bliss. Emotional pain. Yeah. yeah. Well, in animals, they go through a tremendous amount of physical pain because some animals are born here. They they're born that like pigs mm-hmm. or cows, and they just suffer and they get slaughtered and they die. They lose brutal lives. And I can't imagine, like, why would that have to happen? And then I also think about it. Okay, well, if all all energy, if all things are source, if all things are, are a part of oneness, and everything, mm-hmm. you, me, everything is a point of attraction of source, and we already are source, and source is at the peak point of evolution, why is there a necessity for the points of attraction, the imaginary creations within the mind of source need to have to evolve, need to have to experience? Well, this? I think... One part of the question is looking yeah. at it from the human mind okay. as far as suffering and pain. And I think the other part is source is, it just goes, it just is, and it creates. So now did it create itself that way uh, on purpose? I don't know. Did it extend itself to allow creation to happen? I don't know. But I know looking at it from the point of view is why do animals have to suffer? is looking at it from our human mind and not the way I see this place. It's like a video game to be honest with you um, and experience. And now were there certain things that this energy needed to experience in that moment and through these animals Uh, that I don't know. And I I can't speak for animals. I can only speak for what I experience and what I need to give to people while I'm here. Okay. Well, I think he brought up a really interesting point about this place being a video game because that's what Jeff Gerwick from the Dollar Vigilante talks about. He says, this is the most amazing video game. And we're at a point right now where humanity is, where we're actually at, at the end, we're at the end game. Well, I, I also don't think Source is at uh, the pinnacle of its evolution. I believe we contract and we contract and we expand. Okay. And that's it. And I think we're at a period of evolution, but I don't think it's the last evolution. Okay. You know, hopefully people are going to expand their consciousness and come into a more knowing of themselves, I, you know, because that creates empathy, oneness and unity, as opposed to the other self that creates suffering, competition, pain. Okay, you're talking about the evolution. Is that um, you're talking about that? Is that the spirit within the, the, the human or the spirit that is deciding to do a series of evolutions within a human body? Or is that uh, considered maybe the higher self? of the totality of all the physical evolutions that that, that that spirit will have. So the part the spirit can, you know, evolve or decide to have a number of human evolutions and it may decide to be an animal or may decide to be a, an inanimate object. You're talking about the evolution, um, the way you describe it, the pain and suffering, is that mm-hmm. just maybe only limited to the spirits that are evolving or having the human experience? I would say it's humans because animals don't possess the same type of depth of consciousness that we do. You know, we're, we're the creators here. We're the ones in charge and we haven't done what we were told. 
We had the same instructions for 2,000 years, and people want to point to God. Love. That's it. I think it's pretty simple. And one thing you mentioned about video games is that there's this really awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of an old, old person, and I used to play this game called Contra, and there was this code. It's ABBA, and you got 30 lives, and it was awesome. And yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, that's a pretty cool hack. From your experience, are there any particular hacks to these video games or any cheat codes you might be able to share with us that would kind of allow us to have a, a little bit of an edge instead of having to go through making <laughs> it so hard? <laughs> Absolutely. The cheat code for me became purification. Um, it, it was when I was speaking to these beings of light who explained to me, um, they explained to me the Christ, law of one, the singularity, but they also taught me how to use it with my mind and my heart to clear my cellular memory because all the energies we produce, all the energies we create are stored in our cellular memory and they work in conjunction with our subconscious mind. Keep us in patterns and loop if they're lower. Um, energy never dies. It can only be transformed. So we need to discharge this. Basically, we're carrying a lot. A lot of people are carrying a large negative charge if they've never healed or done any of that type of work or really took responsibility for what they've created. Now, this large charge can cause what's known as neural hijacking, and that's the neuroscience term. And this can overtake somebody in, in a moment uh, and override their rational thought. That's what we're seeing today. Um, the cheat code to me was plugging into the singularity of love plugging in to what I'm already a part of right here and purifying. Now, how did I do that? I spoke to myself. I spoke to all the lower energy that was in my system and I took authority over it. And this is what uh, lower energies don't want us to know, that we can claim this power and use it for ourselves to cleanse our whole system because we work a lot like a computer. Okay, we store programs to our subconscious and cellular memory and we run them with our waking consciousness or our operating system. Now, just like a computer, if we get too full, guess what? We're not going to process very good. We're not going to have very good um, projects, things like that. But the cheat code to me was to use my word to claim that space as sovereign and sacred. And also to speak to any, start speaking to any disease or ailment I had at the time, that it's no longer welcome and to separate my identity from it. Because we seem to embody these illnesses and these diseases and these things that happen to us, but they're not us. They're okay. what we experience and we need to separate our identity. That's why claiming ourselves as the energy of love in the human body is important because as soon as you start to do that, these false identities or attachments begin to leave. They just don't have a choice. It's awesome. It, it, that makes me think about um, something we've talked a lot about on our show, which is healing the soul or more or less um, either dark night of the soul or shadow processing, which my old uh, teachers to at Wild used to talk a lot about and talked a lot about, you know, looking at the darkness within but I think that he was saying that instead of you know disdaining that darkness, that you embrace it, you shower it with love, and you reintegrate it back into you, and just you know love it. Um, I, I'm distinctly aware of my shadow self. I mean, I used to say that it was you know more or less a big part of my life. It's always been there, and, but the shadow within me, I'd say that it tends to uh, rise when I see situations 
where like animals are being harmed or you know with, their, with this stuff happening in the world with, with their open with, with predators are really kind of out in the open right now I, in a way I've never seen it before and that I would say that that gets probably a very huge reaction out of me or my shadow so and when that happens I I'm I'm literally I'm casting out energy I can imagine that it's like it's it's intense it's it's this anger that's casting out I wonder what what's happening on the astral plane or what I'm kind of manifesting but um when I listen to one of your near death, you talk about your death experiences, you describe saying that when you have a thought, don't you, you said that you, you kind of cast a, a, a version of yourself out on the astral plane, or you cast a certain version of yourself into reality based on how you're feeling at that particular moment. So what if you could describe that a little bit more? Yeah. And uh, going back to my, my NDE, that was something I was shown as well. Um, I was standing and then they brought me, you know, after saying this is quantum field, this is a divine blueprint. You need every human being has this. They need to claim it and identify with it for their healing. And I later understood this to be a promise of Christ. You know what he was trying to tell them, the Christ, which is love. Mm. So, um, yeah, I was standing in the middle of what looked like a wheel, almost like a wagon wheel. And they they showed me like I'm looking at myself in a movie format, like I'm watching what's happening. And I'm in the middle and I'm pure love. They're like, you're pure love in the center of this wheel. And you spend your energy out into the field to interact with reality on an emotional level and create and interpret reality through your neural pathways, through your mind, through your heart, through your system. So as we spend our energy, uh, you know, our vibration, our, our frequency goes down and we can actually call all of our energy back into ourselves. So this is something I do with my clients. But later when I was, when I had the second accident and that's when everything got weird, uh, really weird. <laughs> um, I woke up and I was able to see all these projections of myself out from coming out from me. And there were silhouettes, some were dark, some were light. They were passing by me. Then they began in conversation. Um, just repeating, you know, that, that, that lower self-talk, that defeated stuff and all the stuff you experience, but it was like on steroids. And I was like, uh, I have to change my energy and release these. And I was kind of guided through releasing and cleansing those. So that I how would you do that? By the way, is there anything, is there, is there, is there a mantra or something that people would do that? I think this is, this is what you're saying right now. It's very pivotal. Mm -hmm. I'd love to just uh, ask uh, what people can do based on what you sure. do. Yeah. Um, so there's different, all, all different use vibrating at different levels and, and in different places, because, you know, an anger emotion is not the same as a sad emotion and, and all that stuff. So it's kind of all spread out. What I do is I demand they all come together as one and see my feeling of knowing I can't give people my faith. I can't give my people my knowing. But when you know something, then it's done. When you know yourself into being then you become powerful if i spend my time asking for healing wishing for healing as opposed to knowing it it's happening even though it hasn't happened yet and i convince my mind then my heart and my body to feel it now i'm healing so what i do with these well what i did and what i also do with clients now and myself as routine maintenance i bind them all together as one now, you are going to be bound, you know, by the 
singularity of love, you know, which is the purest form by the Christ, all together as one. And this is all cellular charge now. And now the cellular charge begins to come. People get warm. A lot of times they yawn, they uh, burp, things like that. Because what we're doing is we're causing an action potential within their nervous system. We're hitting a certain threshold of voltage. So now they're spitting out the negative um, storage in their cellular memory. They're literally yawning it out. Um, some people cry, some people cough. But to command them to come together as one and exit your system, claim it as a sacred space. This is sacred. But if you don't believe it, you're going to leave a gap. Now, okay. if you fully believe it and know it and feel it, there's mm -hmm. no gap. Okay. I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up about their believing it. Cause I, I wonder if some people they'll read books and they'll, okay. They'll say, okay, well, if I read this enough times, they'll read it six or seven times, it'll become part of me. I think a lot of people got manipulated um, last couple of years. I think they just kept on hearing the same things. They just kind of, they just believed it or they became a part of something because they just heard it too many times. Based on what you are saying, based on just the knowing, how do you know without having experience? And if you if you haven't had the experience, how do you attain that experience that'll put you in the path of knowing? I'd say you trick and practice with your mind. Okay. People, uh, this is what I teach to my clients. People instinctively know water's wet, fire's hot. You know, if you have a dog, he needs to go for a walk. There are things that you know, and then you take that and you make it simple. Uh, you look at it factualized. Okay, these are facts. I am a sovereign being. I am this. I am this. But you practice it until you feel it's a fact. And that's the key is practicing the connection between the mind and the heart until you feel it in your body. Because then it's being expressed. And then you begin the activity of cleansing, healing. Okay. That's awesome. And is there any um, other types of activities you recommend that people can do in order to strengthen their energy field? Because I'll say one thing, Stephen, is that on our show, our listeners are they're very engaged with the work, doing the work and the soul work. And yeah. I'm so impressed with some of the people I've talked with that listen to the show because they're, they're teachers onto themselves. So they're very, like I would say, they're very engaged with that. So is there any other activities you recommend that people do that can strengthen themselves? I mean, can they call healing to parts of themselves from other lifetimes? Or are you pretty much focused on what you've done in this particular lifetime as this human form? I bring it in from every lifetime. I, okay. I own it all from every universe I've ever been in. And that's my level of accountability. And that's what it comes down to. Being accountable for everything you created through your being. Um, and bringing that to your source rather than projecting on the other people. The biggest thing for me is speaking and claiming and practicing mind, heart, but I'm always in nature. I'm always mindful of what charges I'm adding to my system because this is about a charge. If my charge is high, I'm in a better place. I'm more able to go about the world and not have them lower my battery, okay? Because as I wake up in the morning and I say, Thank you, God. Thank you to the trees. Thank you to my guides. As I do this, my battery's full. Now, if I were to go out there with my battery empty, the world's probably going to knock me off my foundation. So you always want to be mindful of adding more higher charges, whether it's activities like art or 
things you used to do as a child um, or nature, which is for me, meditation. Um, but there's a lot of things, anything that makes you feel love and light. And, and I don't mean that in a cliche way. I mean, literally in enlightening your system with higher frequency um, to do that, but also to understand that you deserve to have a peaceful system and making sure you keep people out of that system who do not bring peace into your system. You know, that's the biggest thing is people plugging in. All these people want to plug in, plug in, plug in. No, man. You have your stuff to process. I have mine. I can't process mine and yours. And if you're my partner and you love me, you'll understand that and you will take responsibility for yourself. So there's a lot of dynamics that can pull us down. But being mindful, being a people pleaser, um, overspending, you know, because we're spending our energy to have an experience. That's really awesome. Do you find that if you look at let's say for example you look at your phone less or you have less things that you are reacting to that overall you're, you're probably going to utilize that battery less and i'm just wondering if when you're talking about a variety of simulate simulation social media whether it be positive or negative reinforcement is just the act of simulation of simulating your mind in any capacity diminishing your overall battery capacity i would say for sure uh, okay. You know, any overuse of anything, hey, you're absorbing any data too much, you know, and it's lower than love. Yeah. Anything that pulls you away from love, you want to be mindful of because that's energy you're spending to experience it. And after a while, it'll take its toll and you won't even realize that you're having all this data into your system and, until it comes out later. Um, but I've gotten to the point where I've done enough work to where I can feel it within my body. And then I know it's time to cleanse. In my early 20s, um, I had a lot of car accidents, of course, that, you know, uh, developed a, an addiction to opiates that the doctor gave me to, to function. So basically, you know, going to work, taking those to function in pain all the time. And now I take nothing. I rely solely on what I feel in my energetic system and I cleanse it out. And I understand if my charge is high. I don't have any pain because I'm accumulating the density can't accumulate. So now if my charge is low, now my, I have a pain body, you know, with me and then I need to cleanse. So they're all kind of like that pain is a messenger to me in that way. Wow. That's really interesting that it kind of guides you along. Do you, do we have to suffer in this reality in this physical life incarnation? Can we just decide and, take your assertiveness that you said and you say look i'm claiming it I, i'm done with pain in this lifetime i'm done with anger i'm done with sadness no i'm done i'm completely done i'm, I'm taking I think, control I, I think suffering is an attachment of identity that we don't really need to have you know I, i'm very unattached now i'm like the observer mm -hmm. of the experience and i think suffering would be an individual perspective of attachment to it um, but I do believe, yes, we need a, a level of contrast in order to learn, you know, without this contrast, you know, and, and, and obviously tasting the bitter apple and then the sweet apple, how are you going to know one's bitter? How are you going to know one's sweet? But I don't think it needs to overrun um, and, and overtake humanity the way it has. It's just that we don't have the tools, the quantum tools to discharge the energy we're creating. And the entities and then, you know, um, then we get into the 
war for our hearts, interdimensional aliens, things like that. What about those, by the way? Because yeah, I get in trouble with my. Um, I, I try to communicate with the the aliens. <laughs> I tell my wife to say I. I'm really genuinely trying to because I'm, I'm, humans are boring. They're just boring me. Every time I talk to another human being, they just tell me about what they watch on TV and what they're into sports. I'm like, I, I've had enough. I want to reach out to aliens because I mean, because obviously there's going to be something different. But uh, your experience is that a positive thing? Is that something that worthwhile? If you come in contact with any uh, other aliens that are within our physical universe that may be friendly at all, or oh yeah, just... um, by accident, uh, they never showed up here physically, but they've been yeah. here in in energy form, speaking to me. The first time they never showed up. Okay, I'm eating Cheerios, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and I'm just waking up. This was after the second accident, and. I'm eating Cheerios and I'm trying to shut out any spirits or any interference I'm experiencing because I'm I'm like trying to get a hold of myself because I you trying to eat the nuts. Cheerios. Yeah. And <laughs> I thought I was going nuts. So all of a sudden in the corner of my room, they're like, Hi, we're, we're from the I don't remember exact wording, but they're like, We're from the Galactic Federation. We're uh Arcturian, you're part of the Divine Council of Nine, and all this stuff about you're going to help humanity evolve and you know you need to start you know doing this and you know like you're my babysitter but but anyway so i'm like <laughs> yeah whatever go away dude so they left instant end of transmission and after they they uh it was gone i thought about how crystal clear it was as opposed mm-hmm. to spirits who are kind of whispery and really iffy I mean, it was crystal clear so the next time they showed up same thing eating cheerios but in between the time, I had heard them say things I never heard of before. So I went to look it up to mm-hmm. find out. I'm like, all right, let's see about this. Sure enough. And I, I, that's the first time I ever heard of Galactic Federation, Divine Council of Nine, all this other stuff. So I'm like, all right, I'll listen next time they come. And then they came and they were talking about a little bit about the period of, you know, that we're in where people are going to be hard press for food water uh evolution things like that we're going to go through a cleansing wait, wait what did they say cleansing what 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 can you describe that a little bit more is that is it happening right now like what, famines and stuff like that or what, what oh what it's they... been happening dude it's been happening but it's yeah. going to increase uh, it's like man-made stuff though i think it's like, I feel like it's deliberate we had a gentleman on our show a couple of weeks ago and he's saying that food is so abundant that everyone can grow food. Everyone's capable of doing it, but they're making it seem like they're, they're pushing these famines. And I don't know about water. I imagine that that water is probably limited resource, but generally speaking, food, like a lot of people can do it. So um, I'm curious about this vision that, that they had. What do they say what we're going to be like? So we're gonna, gonna be- a lot of people are going to break off and return to the natural ways. Okay. You know, and that's what's going to help save the planet partly and then start growing the food and doing all that stuff and getting in touch with that rhythm. And then some people are going to become machines, dude, part machine and, and, and things like that. And, you know, I think eventually the AI is not going to be good, put it that way. Oh, like they're going to be pretty evil. Well, they're, they're, apparently yeah. I mean, might. I don't know if it's going to be like Terminator or anything, but it's definitely a feeling of that. You just know, like, like when the shots came out in the vaccine, I just knew, yeah. you know, there's things yeah. I know to be truth and you can't tell me any different because I've practiced this so long. AI, no good. You do not want to merge your consciousness with AI. Oh, 
I mean, they had this thing. I think it was Mike. I think it was Bing. Microsoft probably probably modeled it after Bill Gates because it was like it, it apparently it wanted the nuclear codes. It's like it wanted to be. It was very like <laughs> vicious. Yeah. So I I do worry about that too, and I worry that yeah. a lot of people are probably going to be doing that. But uh, some teachers that we we have the pleasure of working with, they say that humanity is splitting off. That we're going to have, you know, the the the, the ones that are going to be the transhumans, the ones that are going to be uh, natural. But I don't know how these two worlds can coexist if there's because I, at this point, the way things are going, Stephen, I always feel like it's like you're either fighting for freedom or you're being annexed into the the machine. And I don't mm-hmm. see that there's any like middle ground. There's no there's no okay. We can have middle ground. No, I I don't see it happening. What do you feel? It does kind of feel like the earth's getting small, right? That yeah. we're running out of room and uh, that room that to find, you know, spaces away from those type of things. I don't see the cities of the future and the AI being sprawling, if that makes sense. Yeah. I see it being more condensed okay. in the purpose of circuitry and things like that. Uh, also, one other very important, important thing and to claim your energetic sovereignty. And the reason why that is, is because AI is already using quantum computers. So they are computing through your nervous system. What do you mean? Bing. That's cycling through you. You're that energy, that quantum energy. You are quantum energy. You are and have zero point energy. So they're using humanity's energy right now. And Jeez. it's going to increase. So and you need to claim your energetic space is sovereign from everything, artificial interference and command it and demand it and know that it's leaving. And in the process of knowing it's leaving, it doesn't have a choice. Okay. This is very deep. <laughs> I know it's deep, dude. I'm no, I, I, I no, 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 you do not have to apologize ever. I, I can't tell you that is fantastic. This is exactly where we want to go. We want to go a little farther, deeper, a little, a little more deep, actually, and just say, based on what you feel, what you observe, what are we looking at? What's the world looking like in five or ten years? And I know they're trying to get. I, I know that they're trying to kill us. The, the, the twenty thirty yeah. thing where they're trying to kill us. I think. Uh, what, what I do think you it's important. Sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. Okay. I think it's important to tell your listeners right now that I was the biggest skeptic in the world. Okay. That I did not believe in God. I didn't believe in any of this up until, you know, my early thirties until it happened to me. And I was thrown in it by accident. I had a woman fall down outside my store, touched her. She was in pain prior, looked at me, said, I have no pain. I'm all warm. And that was the start of my journey. So I I was very reluctant to get here and a big, I'm still a skeptic. So (laughs) Five, they're they're in. We're in a war for our hearts, our minds. Okay, to disconnect those. Two, the world wants to identify us for us, so they can put us in a category and just keep harvesting our quantum energy. You know, they're interdimensional beings who are made of this energy, and they're not necessarily evil in a way. It's just that they're made out of this, and they want to survive, and they're being extinguished by a light. Um, so five to ten years, man. Yeah, they want to tag everybody like cattle. They do not want you to have your thoughts. And that's what all the last couple of years was really a a psychological operation for your mind and your heart to separate you from the ones you love through ideology and all this other stuff being pumped in that was highly polarized. And now if you had a sure foundation of love and knowing who you were, you weren't as affected. 
And that's what's very important. Uh, five to 10 years, I say, things probably are not looking good. That's why, you know, you want to have a space that you can go to with food and water and stuff. And I'm not saying, hey, end of the world, but I'm saying just prepare yourself because there's yeah. vampires out there who are going to look out for themselves. Yeah, I just wish there was a, something. You mentioned this light coming in. Is that something that um, I think some of the teachers talked about? They called it the, the, the divine solar logos. There was there was an influx yes. of energy that's coming in. Why is that energy coming in now? And I, and I was wondering uh, too if you've ever because I, I ask this a lot. I try to find this thing out. It seems like the forces of evil is so well organized, and they're they're doing everything they they can to get the best of humanity. And I think a large part they're succeeding. But those who are resisting, I you know I, I commend them. But I don't feel there's any like you know major cavalry in the on the other side, if you want to call it. That's there. I, I always wonder where are these d- divine beings. There's supposedly light beings that are supposed to be there because when I if I saw an angel right now, I always ask for a sign. And if I saw an angel up, I don't know if I'd be like so cool, like to entertain the angel. Like, listen, where have you been? You should have been here like years ago. So you know what they would say to you? What? Where Where have you been? Well, (laughs) that's what they would say. We are the angels, and we are also demons. We have a choice. Okay. So we come from the sun. You are a sun in skin. I'm a sun in skin. That's where we come from. That's why all these solar flares are causing us to awaken. We broke off the sun and became matter on Earth. Uh, That's the energy we're made out of. Um, As far as angels, they would say they're here. There are a lot of them here in willing vessels. But that we are the angels and we need to remember who we are. We are the divine beings in flesh. But we need to make it physical. We need to remove the interference, that block that's stopping us from being entirely embodied with love and make it physical. Uh, when I work with people like I never I can never do this as a normal person, put it that way. Um, it, after my second accident, that's when my world changed. I lost all my interests, my hobbies, everything I used to do. Uh, my partner and parents wanted me to see a shrink because I was talking about quantum mm-hmm. physics and God. I went to every church I could find, couldn't talk to anybody about it. I was looking outside myself. I needed to look within um, and remember who and what I was. Awesome. Mr. Stephen Noack, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. This is very fascinating. And, you know, I, I, tell you, I got my gut feeling as I watched one of your interviews, uh, you did a speech, and I was like, I just felt this like you had so much to offer. You did. It was just very revealing, but I want to thank you. A little more about Stephen by going to his website at trinityquantumhealth.com. Stephen, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Out of Limits of Inner Truth radio show. Special thanks to our unbelievable guest, and special thanks as always to our virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor. Miss Constance Dallas and our social producer Jenny Lamisa. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth, please go to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. And till the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take care and thank you so much for listening.